0: Hello friend, welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are of course going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 3, Episode 1, it's called EPS 3.0 underscore Saver Mode dot H? spoilers. Just, just H, yeah, I, I don't know what file name that is, but whatever. Uh, that, so full spoilers for the episode as always, and obviously the past uh, two seasons, but, I mean that goes without saying typically, but I just... Just, just in case. First time back. It's been a, been over a year now. Uh, so, no, we're going to get it's, into this.
1: Uh, it feels good to have it back, doesn't
0: it? It does feel good. Uh, you know, it's funny, because it started, and I was like, okay, obviously I'm glad that Mr... Rob- but I'm almost glad that Mr. Robot's back in theory. Like, it's not really it's hit not me that it's it back. Yeah, it's yeah. not really hit me that I'm actually excited about it. And it, Maybe just because I've not had time, maybe it's because Twin Peaks was taking up my, my brain for months. But there was a moment about... I don't know, maybe 10 minutes in, five minutes in even. I think, actually, do you know what it was? It was when it came up saying USA Network Presents and it started to pull back. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting the feelings now. I'm getting the feelings. I'm into this. So, now, fair enough, one thing that's changed since last season, you can blame Twin Peaks for this because with Twin Peaks, we decided to start taking notes because it was so dense and there were so many things to read into. That We just decided that for Mr. Robot, we'd also be doing a similar... uh, Approach, so pretty, we have. Much. So we have notes.
1: I feel justified in that, and yeah. You know, before we even get to the episode, I feel like last year there was some stuff where at the end I thought, yeah, maybe we were kind of going off on one Do suggesting you know I, these things. I know exactly where you're going, and, and then I'll, and then at the end of this episode, I'm like, maybe we were closer than we thought.
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I was going to bring that very thing up because it was actually the second last episode last season where we were in a bit of a rabbit hole uh, talking about time travel and parallel universes. Now, at the time, I was justified in the rabbit hole and I was using actual evidence. There was conversations that White Rose had uh, with Dom about... uh I felt all,
1: stretched. It, it, was, it
0: was all these clocks and he talked about how... how uh, there was a you know a world where nine five didn't happen and like that's living out at the same time and we talked about how his whole dual personalities was about wanting to live out the fantasy of both versions like you know the other ones in the other timeline. Uh, we talked about that and there was a couple of other things you know what the plan was and you know the fact that Elliot's favorite movies Back to the Future Part Two. There was just little things there that we were talking about at least thematically what that is, and. We got a lot of comments saying we went a bit too far. So in the finale, now admittedly in the finale there was less stuff to do with it, but we we still we made a conscious effort to dial back on the crazy and focus on the matter at hand. And then this episode, I
1: like, this went deep in. This went head first into some of our crazy. Now, even early on, like even just with side characters, just mentioning things it, that I'm like, hmm. abso-
0: absolutely. However. That said, as we go through this, I do want to point out that I still don't necessarily think that there's a literal thing with this going to happen. I still think it largely might be thematic and mean something rather than literal there's going to be shenanigans with science fiction elements. I will
1: say there is actual physical evidence in this one that says maybe it could be literal. Still maybe though. Maybe. I still
0: think it's more about poking at the ideas,
1: potentially, uh, than it is about actually doing it. But well, but I feel like we are justified in bringing those things up this year.
0: Oh yes, yes. If we didn't mention time travel and alternate universes, and after this episode, well, what, what's the point of us yeah, even doing
1: this? What would
0: we be talking about? That's this is what this episode hints at in a lot of ways, from a lot of different characters. So, without further ado,
1: as one of the characters says, they don't, they don't believe in coincidences.
0: Yes, White Rose himself says. It. Uh, don't believe in coincidences. So let's go through this. We're gonna go through scene by scene. We'll we'll see how long and where this takes us. Possibly insane places. So, uh, we start off at the Red Wheelbarrow uh, barbecue joint and if you've forgotten last season there was actually a few Red Wheelbarrow things of imagery through it. Like Elliot's notebook was called Red Wheel But Bar- I'd forgotten that. I just I was kinda like looking up yeah, things. Yeah he
1: had the menu. Uh,
0: but it was the menu. The menu was the main thing. There was a menu for this place which had some of the, the notes from Tyrell on it. They were cryptic. They were written mm. on this menu. Uh, and of course it makes more sense now but we, we see this new character who who's Irving. He's at this this place and he's in line. He's he's getting getting some food. And he gets he's got one of those you know, one of those uh, like punch cards where if yeah you, if loyalty you, systems yeah if you go you know ten visits you get a free thing you know maybe it's a donut whatever in this case it's a milkshake, and he's like oh I get a free milkshake I'll have I'll have a chocolate one and so, no 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 on your next visit, and there's this little debate about whether he should get it now is it does it make a difference if he leaves and comes back and he even points out like what constitutes me leaving and coming
1: back do I have to go home do I just have to walk out the door. Yeah, like, this is the point where I decided I wanted to take notes because you know mm-hmm. he starts having this and and she's like yeah but it, it doesn't really matter and he's like no but it's about the principle of of deciding this and 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 the quote he says is you know when we lose our principles we invite chaos and that summed up who he is just in that first scene. Yeah, no, it actually does. Uh, also, something
0: I did note down here is when she said I can give you a milkshake for twelve ninety nine. I just noted down twelve ninety nine. Are you mad? And then I could Oh, let me finish, and then I put down
1: next to that. Vince Vega would be shocked. See, here's the thing, she said. Ah, oh, I, I can add it to meal. It'll be twelve ninety nine. I assume that was on like that was including the milkshake for the total price. Then, like this would be the new total with the milkshake, not the milkshake alone is that much.
0: I watched it twice, and both times I, I heard it as the milkshake is twelve ninety nine.
1: See, no, this is the thing. I heard that at first. I was like, that can't be right. I must, I must be reinterpreting that wrong. It can't be. It, it must be the overall cost now is twelve ninety nine. That's see, yeah, I don't think it is, and
0: I think it's. I think part of the reason for it is maybe because of the the blackout, all the economic, <laughs> forgive the word anxiety after nine five. I think they're the price gouging. I think that's
1: what's happening here. Maybe then that is a damn pricey. Who's buying a milkshake for that price? Yeah. I love milkshakes, but come on.
0: And if you didn't get the Vincent Vega reference, in Pulp Fiction, he's very shocked and appalled that there's a milkshake that costs $5. Oh, we long for those days now. <laughs> 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 oh, the good old days where things were cheap. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he gets a call. Who? I mean, it's... Obviously, you're sort of trying to think of who it is in the scene, but it's from Tyrell. It becomes very clear it's from Tyrell. Uh, it's directly tying into the end of the last season, where he shot... Elliot when he tried to stop the plan to take down this E-Corp building which was like their backup recovery operation trying to reinstate all of the data and their financial records and everything else that they took away in 9-5. They go to that location, uh, uh, Irving goes to that location, Tyrell's there, he's like you know holding the bullet wind. All that kind of thing. Uh, I didn't read this scene that particularly much. This scene, it was kind of like there was a lot of humor because like Tyrell's holding the wound. He's like, "Yes, I'd stop pressing down on that."
1: Uh, yeah, wind. this was mostly plot cleanup. Going, okay, we yeah. need to get We we'll get moving on from this. Well, it.
0: it also gave us an idea of like what what this guy does. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, uh, he, he he's someone who deals with it. He's, he's almost like. Uh, I mean, it's not until later on that it it kind of confirmed more properly that he works for White Rose, but. At least at this point, whoever this guy is, whoever he's working for, he is kind of like the Mike from Breaking yeah. Bad of, of this show. He, he comes yeah. in and fixes things and deals with these kind of issues. He's uh, not as cool as
1: Mike, though. No one's as cool as Mike.
0: He's not as cool as Mike, no. You, you ever see Mike go up and get his, argue about a milkshake getting punched? He wouldn't care about the milkshake.
1: I don't know. Uh, Mike Mike's the sort of man as well that would be like, no, it's about the principal.
0: I feel like he'd be handed the loyalty card and he'd just throw it out. He'd be annoyed at the clerk. <laughs> True. Well, I don't want all that sugar at my age. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Go away. Yeah. Uh, although the one thing I did note down is when he goes back outside to his car, you see him like... He, his cover seems to be that he's a used car salesman. That seems to be his, mm. like his day job kind of thing. Uh, but I noticed that the, the the direction here, and the episode is directed by Sam Esmail, uh, it's kind of this... it goes from close-up to this top-down view of him getting into this car. And then it's a convertible, so the sh- shot's still top down, and we see the you know the roof of the car, you know, yeah. go back. And I thought just thematically here it was kind of like, okay, so if he, again knowing later on that he is working for White Rose, just the idea that this is kind of we're finally going under the surface of the White Rose operation because up until now she's been such a mystery and everything she's been doing is so, like this is the first time we've ever even met this character, this operative that works for her. We've never seen him before, so just symbolically. We're top down, looking down at this car, and we see that the cover has been lifted, and we're getting. Do you know what, getting, Do getting you know what else? In. It
1: felt like to me, you know, because this is right at the start of the show, the start of the season here. It felt like no, this is this is the curtain coming down, sort of thing. This is hmm. this is it. We're opening up for the for the season now.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we go to an E Corp uh, nuclear power plant.
1: Yes, and, uh, and this is where my mind started going crazy. Of course, already.
0: of course, of course. They mentioned the blackout. They mentioned, oh, this is why you have backup generators at a power plant because you know <laughs> things could go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy, he's giving this kind of tour to the, to these people who works there, and he's, he starts talking about parallel universes and like the mysteries of the unknown. And uh, the the one sentence in particular that I thought was very interesting in terms of connecting to the themes of the show is. Uh, He's like, you know, how many copies of there are? And he says, how many of our mental states can be co-joined yes. for better or worse?
1: Yeah, that and felt very interesting. Because obviously we talked about the duality of White Rose and obviously... The duality Elliot of Elliot. Mr. Robot. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, is, you know, assuming that it, the potential of it to be literal, is, is Mr. Robot just like a, an alternate world version of Elliot? More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> The other line of his speech here that really stuck out, not so much in the the parallel world stuff, but just as a, a big thematic thing with this show, mm. is that he says, do we see reality as it is?
0: Oh, of course, yeah, that's been a big we thing. We
1: see everything filtered through Elliot.
0: Which, by the way, I was the author about this, because, you know, this is season three. Season one, you know, the whole thing was, oh, Mr. Robot's not really there, it's in his head, that was the big sort of twist. Season two, oh, he's not actually here, he's in a prison. So... I was like, "Oh, what's the thing this year?" I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm watching with the eagle eye. I'm like, "Okay, something's not what it seems."
1: I, I think that's kind of the trick, though. Where yeah, yeah. So you, it almost you're expecting it now, so you're looking for it, and it's not actually there.
0: Exactly. It's almost more surprising this season if he doesn't have that. If we don't have yeah. that, that thing. Uh, which you know, fine either way. But I was definitely, you know, looking for, for yeah, clues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what's going on here? Um, so that we actually transitioned to presumably another place in the same building. Um and White Rose again uh, in, in sort of male businessman form, with uh well you know one of his you know, higher up, you know, right hand man or whatever. Henchman. Henchman, yeah you go, that's a good word. Um What's that first thing I've written down here? Oh, low, low synth. There was some low synth music playing here that I really liked. That's what that's what mm. I wrote down. I was like, what the hell did that right? There's a lot of good music in this year, right. Uh so th- they're talking about Elliot because they've got some footage of Elliot. So, oh, that Alderson, he's such a riot! Oh, hard to control. And you know the henchman's like, you know, he's a bit of a liability. You know, I could just complete phase two. And this is, you know, this conversation gets very interesting. He talks about, you know, how Elliot's Elliot's rage. That's how he kind of ends up. But he talks about his rage and his drive to take down E-Corps Actually, what allowed them to bring this plan that they're doing back online like before it was seemed you know it was defunct it was it was dormant but their plans going ahead now because of what Elliot did and then the other big things he mentions here that's very very interesting it's like you know isn't it you know a coincidence that Elliot's father unknowingly was also working on the same thing years ago mentions mm-hmm. that he died for that and that when Elliot's done he can die too like his father and yeah. this is where we're going back to this whole idea of conjoined things right now let's say whatever they're doing—that this thing, because obviously the camera pans out in a second and we get the title—and it's this big machine, kind of almost hadron collider-esque. Yeah, thing. The, the
1: two things I wrote down as possibilities were hadron collider or a like a, a quantum supercomputer.
0: Yeah, that, I, I, I said that. Now, so so his father was working on something, right? He didn't it's, know what was to do with this. He didn't know what the the, the goal was. And I would argue here that whoever's paying for this also doesn't know, because I think uh, we've seen the E-Corp's involved in this, but I don't, th- and it's in E-Corp's building, seemingly. I don't think E-Corp are actually aware that the real plan is to do with all this, you know, timelines no, I, I don't think they have a clue. Shenanigans. I, I, I think, like, to them, it's been sold as, oh, this will help us be powerful, and that's about it. Like, yeah, pretty much. I don't feel like they actually know the, the villains. The E-Corp are just pawns for White Rose at this point, really.
1: They are, which which I think says a lot about the, the messaging show, because obviously the whole thing is about... You know, giant corporations and stuff. But ultimately, it's kind of potentially boiling down to no. The corporations aren't really the problem. It's the the people running them. It's the the, the man behind the corporation.
0: Yeah, it's people themselves, and I think that's yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, 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 yeah. So he's. he's t- and I, so going back to this whole co-joined reality, it's like, you know, if he died in relation to what he was doing back then, you know, because obviously for, since the start of the show, since we had the realization that. Mr. Robot's just in Elliot's head, and it's based on his father. It looks like his father, and yeah. it has that kind of vibe. Like, we have just always kind of went along with the idea, oh, this is his, you know, he's mentally unstable, this is his mind that's doing this, and it's based on his father because his father means something to him. But is there, is there a small possibility that the reason why it's his father is because it's not actually just this complete figment of someone else? It's actually, it, it, like, you know, it's, it's there. the connection is there because he was working on this all these years ago.
1: Something that I think lends potentially a little bit of credence to that is later on when they're referring to Elliot uh, and, you know, this split personality. They Mm. don't call it a split personality. They don't call it an alter ego or anything like that or a mentally unstable They say unique condition.
0: Yes, unique condition. Yes, very. And I don't necessarily think that this is actually his father per se. I mean, Maybe it's his father from an alternate world if we're going with those crazy ideas. It could be,
1: though, is Um, the point
0: but i i don't think it's like necessarily his father directly I mean, maybe I mean, I don't really like who, who knows at this point but, um, but i
1: love that this is now we can we can actually speculate about this
0: yeah i think the reason why i would go with alternate father is maybe because the whole idea if it's joining between realities that yeah you know,
1: that, that's where i'd be more inclined to go as well yeah
0: and make more so like you know what if like he joined his own version like, his own doppelganger from this other world and mm. but then he get killed. But the doppelganger kind of lingered because that wasn't really him that died, which actually ties into something. When Elliot's like going back to the location and he looks at the uh, the where he got shot, he says he mentions in that scene, "Where's Mister Robot?" Like I've not you know we've not seen him all episode. He's like you know where is he? I don't feel his presence. And he even you know ponders, like did that gunshot kill him but not me? And yeah. it's you know just thinking of that like. Was this doppelganger of his father over here with him connected in some way, but he got killed or died? I See, say killed, but
1: this is where the problem comes. There's, there's almost too much saying. You no, know, this could be it, and it reminds me of the first season where we were like, "Oh no, it's 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 too easy that you know, Mister and Elliot, are the same person." Which is what we were kind of saying back then. It's like this is too easy. It's it's too obvious, and then they went, "Yeah, you're right. It was too obvious. So here's something else as well. Not instead." So if that's the case here, if they go, yeah, this kind of is too obvious, what's the twist on it that makes us go, oh, we didn't see that coming?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was more to that in season one because, you know, Darlene being the sister, like that was a whole side to it that we never like seen coming. Right. It's completely hidden. Um so on those lines, yeah, I'm sure there's more to it if we're on the right yeah, lines. Yeah, it
1: feels like he gives us enough to go, hey, you are you feel like you're onto this. You're looking at it and going, yeah, we see this. And then, then it comes out with, no, nah, but you didn't see this. Yeah, we, we have, do
0: we have any real way of predicting what that is?
1: No, I don't think we do. I think that's yeah. the whole thing. It's like this is a complete distraction that we're, we're going to focus on and then something else will come out from nowhere.
0: But I think, I think you're talking about how it's almost too much. It's, it's There's too many things it could be. And that kind of ties into the theme of the show. Like, uh, if, you, if you remember last season, White Rose, uh, I think, talking to Angela, and you know, towards the end of the season when they had that meeting in the fish tank room, uh, talked about how each door, like, behind every door is infinite possibilities until you open that door. Um, mm-hmm. like, it almost ties into that, that that theme of, like, yeah, it could be all these things. Like, I think it's intentionally open to all these interpretations because the whole idea is there is infinite in terms of possibilities. I think, I
1: think that you've kind of hit on what the less sci-fi uh potential of white rose's plan is say it is some sort of quantum supercomputer it would be to see what are the potential outcomes like it could calculate potential outcomes for any scenario so that they're always you know ahead
0: yeah yeah yeah. i I think that's the the non-sci-fi version where he phrases it like this he talks about you know alternate timelines and he's trying to sort of in the same way that he kind of lives them out by living as two people, he's going to use this machine to see what all the other possibilities are so that he can make the correct choices. But then, does it go more insane like that? Because we'll get to that when we talk about what Angela's
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah but like the for... idea that he could see every timeline going forward so yeah. he can choose which timeline to live in.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, all right, so where are we? Uh, <laughs> um, yes, White Rose. Uh, camera comes out. We see the big machine. Uh, was there anything else in that scene that uh, I wanted to...
1: Um, I, I, I just mentioned here that it's a, a beautiful edit into the eye, as it you know it pulls out of this mm. machine, it comes out, it comes out, and then suddenly we're we're in an eye.
0: Oh, it's great! It's Elliot's eye, who yeah. wakes up in Angela's house, um, and he's you know he, he immediately comes in with the uh, the narration with the, the the thought process, and he's talking about uh, basically that he, maybe it wasn't real, maybe that everything that he he you know experienced at the end of the final episode wasn't real and does that make him powerful because he stopped it because he didn't do all this stuff but then Angela immediately mentions that Tyrell contacted her and like brings all this stuff up and he immediately goes to oh it was real and I've just wrote down because I've wrote down he felt powerful for a second and then all of a sudden he felt powerless like it was all gone again immediately yeah uh, again the idea of an illusion just for a second he convinced himself maybe i'm powerful because I, I that was real
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah no you're right i loved uh, the music in this scene specifically mm-hmm. it was doing a whole like clock ticking thing constantly from the moment elliot wakes up to the end of this scene it is ticking dead on like every second
0: um i don't want to go into why right now but honest because I, I watched this once without notes and then the second time i took notes on a second viewing uh, especially Angela making sure he did not contact the police, and the way she was kind of like, you know, guiding him in a certain direction was definitely a bit more noticeable and telling.
1: I do think it's interesting that she says to Elliot like that she was on her way to turn herself in, and then when they showed up with him, like you know, it's this idea that she's uh, twisting the truth a little bit because we kind of know that's not really the case even then.
0: Oh yeah, she she yeah she's missing it because she actually got, she actually was on her way to turn herself in when White Rose got to her in the first place. Yeah. So I don't, like, yeah, she's she's kind of, yeah, she's manipulating what she's saying a little bit.
1: She's uh, bending the timeline a little. <laughs>
0: Very good. Uh, but yeah, so we'll get more to that later, though, because there's a lot more with Angela later that uh, gets into that stuff. So Elliot goes to, I've actually written down, goes to S2 Finale uh, because I didn't know what the, the building was called or anything like that. I
1: just,
0: yeah. I, I like to know a bit like I went
1: to, I, I just went to shooting room.
0: Uh, what i did like about this scene though he, cuz he, he walks in and he's got his phone out with a light you know to the, the, so, you know to light his way and there's this great shot from way far back and it's just panning across as he's walking at the opposite end of this really long room and it's just like it's just completely dark and you just see like the sort of the, the blue cold light of of his of his yeah. phone Light in his way, and it just—it was just a really atmospheric shot. And as I mentioned, he came up, he like checked where he was, and he, he speculated, you know, whereas that—that's the one thing I've written down for this scene is, whereas is Mister Robot, why is he not here? He, you know, he's notable by his absence. So, you know, uh, but then he he goes to back to his apartment. He notices a car outside. You know, a black car. You know, two two people. It's very
1: obvious, isn't it?
0: Yeah, two people clearly watching. Uh, but it's actually Darlene who's in his apartment. Yeah. Uh, which was immediately kind of like, wait a minute, the FBI
1: had her. Why is she here? Yeah, suspicious. And and he is immediately suspicious when when she mentions that she was with the FBI. He jumps to you. What did you tell them?
0: Well, uh, interestingly, I, I didn't really necessarily read that as suspicion, more so just his thought process. Because she even gives him shit for it, because she just mentioned, oh "Yeah, I was with Cisco when he got shot. I, I, you know, was, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've had a horrific experience. I'm nearly crying here," and he's just like, "What did you tell them? <laughs>
1: yeah. What did you tell them?" I think it just it just shows his focus, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's necessarily suspicious at this point. Uh, he he is just the way he thinks. Uh, but then I was getting suspicious though because immediately she starts asking questions and then she phrases it in such a way where it sounds kind of natural but it's like, well Elliot, what's stage 2? I heard you talk about stage 2 It's like, okay, right, I'll, I'll take this one but I was looking, because I knew she was at the FBI and it seemed really unrealistic that they would just let her out like this even though, I mean she said, yeah, they questioned me but they had her detained! They had her in a room with the, the big pin board with all the yeah, strings! Yeah, we know
1: that they were watching her like, and, and we, know, like, we saw all this Yeah, so I'm very suspicious
0: of this and uh, so she asks that, she, she's like, she finds out about destroying the building and she she is like, oh, you knew I'd go back against this, I wouldn't be okay with this. And then he screams out, it wasn't me, he shouts that out, like, you know, making it clear it's him, it's him,
1: it's Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great moment where he just, he kind of loses it. And it's like that first moment where he's like that kind of accepting that he, it's not everything that he does is him. Like, even though he's known for ages and, and it kind of gets brought up here and there, but this really felt like accepting it.
0: Yeah, um, and I just so basically, it wants to try and sh- you know shut the back the back door that the the Angela put in in mm. the building uh, last season. remember that fantastic Warner following her through the so good. Uh, she 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 did a little sting up oper- or a little heist operation. It's not really a heist because she's not stealing something. Yeah, but they difference. played heist music. Yeah. So it's it was a, a heist heist scene. Yes, uh, but she's like, oh, I know a place where we can get internet because the internet's down because like, the power's out. But I know I know a place where we can go. But you can't go in like that because he's he's got a shirt on that Angela gave him, uh, which yeah. I think was our ex-boyfriend's, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you can't go like that. So we get this this the the hero profile shot as he
1: suits up and he puts the hood on. It's like oh, that, that's his that's his costume. It's amazing when it just makes such a moment out of him pulling that hood up.
0: Yeah, especially because, I mean, he had a hood last season, but because he was, you know, last season he wasn't out in the street a lot because he was you know, he was in the prison for a lot of the season, you know, whereas this felt like right away, no, this is back to Elliot being this focused. Do you, you know, know
1: what, it really feels like there's going to be a moment at some point in the show where it does the reverse, that same shot, but him taking the hood down, because the hood, it's kind of this protection for him, he hides, he blends yeah, in. Yeah, he's he covering up. Seen. Yeah, and it feels like there's a moment where he's going to take it down and step out.
0: Where he's going to choose to be exposed and vulnerable. He's going to make that choice. Yeah, like he yeah. kind of has to make
1: the hero's choice at some point. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so, so the Uh I just I just noted down that as they're walking to this location, which it turns out to be like this hackers' den bar place where they've got their own like generators and fiber wire and all that. But uh, I just want to point out that the streets were in chaos. So this blackout, this you know, uh, you know. Everything that's happened is like everyone. Everywhere seems to be in just a wreck. Uh, did you notice the name of this place that they go to?
1: I didn't catch the name. No.
0: Nineteen eighty four.
1: Uh, very good.
0: And there was a big eye above it.
1: Very good. So uh, you that, know, ha- hackers have such a such a sense of irony, don't they? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's the thing, we know where they're being watched, we've seen the car, and when they come in here, one of my favourite moments is, like, noticing these two Asian dudes who, you know, presumably are the Dark Army, and Darlene certainly thinks so, because she looks scared.
1: She panics immediately.
0: Yeah, also I love that the entrance to this place, it's all one shot, we follow them, the camera goes, looks down below the walkway that they're walking on, then it follows them down the stairs, Like you know, it's a nice long, long, long take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, like so, they're basically they're, 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 there's no computers free because it's like the, the hacker Olympics, as
1: Elliot puts it. <laughs> they're playing capture the flag.
0: Yeah, uh, but with hacking. And, yes, it
1: sounds amazing.
0: And he uh, he's like, well, I could just win it for them. <laughs> like, I love that that sentence comes out of his mouth. No, I know I've skipped a thing. I know I can see. Yeah, you're yeah, looking at your notes going. Oh, no, you've no, skipped that I, big I, moment. No, I want no. to talk about
1: it. I, I actually had something else other than that that I was okay. going to mention as well. But I just I, I'm just I'm just keeping it
0: flowing here, and he's like. I can just win it for them. I love that that sentence comes out of his mouth. It's, it's so, so good. Isn't it? It's, it It sounds so arrogant, but from him, it doesn't sound arrogant though. Like you know, on it, it on doesn't. paper, it's an arrogant as hell sentence, but from him, it's like he's just he's right. It's
1: just it's just a statement. Yeah, it's fact. It would, and he yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so.
1: But no, I love that when when he comes in, you know, he's he's kind of he's disgusted by you know the idea that all all these people are suffering. Mm. They've got no no food, no internet, no electricity. You know, they're all struggling up there. And these are down here, you know, having a party. They've got it, it's it's a full club. They've got music on. They're they're celebrating.
0: Yeah, it's, it's actually more humanity than he's had in a while. I feel like it's almost like you know him rebooting, as it were, you know, mm. by getting shot and waking back up. It's almost like he's restored a little bit of his humanity. You know, it I is. mean, the episode's called Power Save Mode, and the episode talks a lot about how people going to you know the blackout itself is the city's power save mode. Yeah, uh, and then we talk about other characters later. I think that's interesting. And it's as he's walking around, he's narrating. He's like, "Oh man, there's so much noise." Sometimes you just wish life had a mute button. And then, you know, I I almost went for my remote, thinking the TV went on mute because this big <laughs> mute symbol appears and the sound cuts out. And then he still talks, and he goes, "Like, there, isn't that better?" But then, notably, when Darlene comes back up, she she he hears her even though the mute button is still on. She she breaks through the mute. She overrides it.
1: Yeah, and then he, he just hears like a a faint noise at first, and then you can see him kind of turn it up it actually does the turn up volume yeah symbols as well. but
0: i just think it's interesting that you know because she's close because he cares about what she has to say it's like no it just it worked like she broke through he knew she yeah. was talking like as as silly as that makes sound i just i think it does mean something for their relationship so yeah so of course he sits down he's doing his hacking thing and uh she, she sees these guys she gets very concerned and again we go into this one long shot now is this one long shot of her going to the bathroom in this place. She shuts the door behind her, she goes to the corner, she starts you know, swearing, like, you know, damn, yeah, damn,
1: it feels so claustrophobic. She's kind of almost having a panic attack.
0: I, don't even think she almost, I think she is having a panic attack. I think it's a very convincing panic attack, oh, the, way okay. she, the way she's reacting. But she goes over to the mirror, she pulls out her phone, and she phones someone and says, eh, the Ark Army's here, you need to help me. And I'm like, who's she talking to? Now, mm. if she is working with the FBI... You know, you know, if they're using her as a stingish if they've got her wired. She's and, a plant, yeah. Yeah, she's a plant. Like this is her saying, Hey, dark army's here, you need to protect me. You swore you know, if she made some deal, presumably part of that was protect me from this evil army that, you know, has been killing people left and right, Perry. including my boyfriend. So, you know, makes sense. Uh but then you hear the bang in the door. And this is a really scary scene. Like I I, said, I want to emphasise how well directed this little panic attack moment is. And her fear like you almost feel anxiety just watching her watching Darlene uh, react to her surroundings but the guys come they're behind the door so of course they go back to hell and Elliot actually I think it's interesting I, I he actually is in the process of doing his thing and he actually says that's me I've shut the back door I just have to uninstall and then the guy unplugs the computer so he shut the back door but the fact that he also said I just have to uninstall implies that there's something else there that he had to do now yeah. Well, that's something that could open the back door up again. Like, is it still kind of there? It's just turned off.
1: Hmm. Like, it's shut but not locked.
0: Yeah, like, it, it could be reopened. Like, he's not completely eradicated it. Uh, yeah. that, that's how I'd interpret that. But at the very least, there's something still in there that he didn't quite do.
1: Yeah, that's possible. The, the other thing, of is that, you know, when she walks up and like, he, she starts saying, Hey, Elliot, and he's like, Yeah, well, he doesn't even notice. He's so caught up in, in what he's doing. He doesn't realise that she's so distressed and that these people are with her.
0: Yeah, yeah, because because as she's going away, he mentions, "Oh, you're having a panic attack." So they're here for me. If they want anyone dead, it'll be me. You, you don't worry. Like he, he's, yeah. he's, he kind of like he does notice it at first, but yeah, when she comes back, he doesn't even uh, pay attention. He's so locked because he, he's in, you know, he's doing his superpower. He's hacking. That's what, yeah, he's that's in what he the does. Zone. That's his thing. Uh, so they, so they get taken outside, and they, they're just telling me go down this alleyway. They like, go go to this alley, uh, and he he and Elliot's all for it. He's like, "Yeah, I, I want to go. I want to talk to White Rose and stuff. I want to get this <laughs> sorted out." I need to yeah. stop. Stop this. Uh, and of course, you notice Darlene's eyes looking over to the the car, the FBI car. Uh, which again, at this point, we, we're still not confirmed that it is FBI. But you know, I'm making assumptions at this point.
1: It's it's the the only logical thing for it to be, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, and we we get it confirmed quite well because as soon as they go into the alleyway, uh, but the point being, of course, is that she seems to know that it's there and she knows what it is. You know, she yeah. she's she's making sure her protection's close by. That's certainly what it feels like to me. But they go into the alleyway, and Irving's there in a taxi cab, and he's mm. like, "Hey, you know that car up there? That's the FBI. We should get going. Get in." And like, sure enough, they get in. And uh, the one, the one point, obviously, he does this whole thing where he gets Darlene to like, you know, use the license plate, look up the uh, the other numbers, and he, he pretends to be a police officer to get the automatic sort of stuff in the car to slow it down. Like he basically does a yeah. lot of you know technology stuff and. Uh, police. The one, the one thing interesting I did point down here though, at least the moment I love that just ties into Elliot's condition is he says to Elliot, tell her, you know look back and tell
1: her what the license number is and he just says it, he knows he, it already. He's already clocked it on the way in. Yeah. He's, as, as much as he seems to be in the zone and you know so focused, he is really quite aware of everything.
0: Yeah, it's always been his thing, like, he's always been good with numbers and like catching these details, it's just I, just, I love that moment and his, then his yeah. surprise that he already knew it. Like
1: yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was the moment I was going to bring up as well. That's the one that kind of stuck out.
0: Yeah, I world. mean the rest of it's fun. It's like you know, fun little plot stuff with him, how he deals with us, and how he gets the car to stop following them. But like some
1: great music in that chase as it's ramping up.
0: <clears throat> uh, so they go back to the Red Redville Barbecue, and uh, Elliot even notices. Wait a minute, this is the menu I had. Like, <laughs> did they get this from me, or did I get it from them? Like, you know, is mm. this a front for White Rose? You know what's going on, kind of thing. Orvin uh, wants to talk to Elliot. He he basically. he asked Arlene to go get her food and she tells him to piss off but he steals his punch card she walks away with it, doesn't give him it back
1: I know, he's going to be good
0: chaos, what about that milkshake Uh, but yeah, so this conversation gets, you know obviously interesting, I've noted down that Elliot basically basically flexes his power, he's like no, we're calling this off I don't want this to happen, this blowing up this building I don't want to do it uh and i've shut the back door and you know he's in question of he you know he mentions working for her so yet quite clearly here okay so he's definitely sort of white rose related unless we're going to like you know have a new character show up
1: That's yeah it doesn't because you know he says our employer will be disrespected or disappointed and it's like yeah he he knows that they're both aware of this yeah uh
0: but he basically he says uh you know white rose believes uh, that you know an idea a plan uh, lives or dies by its creator and will respect yeah. that he's made the choice not to do it so fair enough we're done I,
1: I thought that was really interesting and i'm wondering how much does white rose know about elliot's duality because he's not the creator of the plan mr robot is. Mm. Yeah, and I, I i mean i i don't know for certain that white rose has any idea about this but given that she's got Angela, you know, she's had that conversation. Mm. It's like, eh, maybe, maybe she does. I mean, Irvin definitely doesn't know because because uh, of comments he makes later. But
0: yeah. White Rose, I feel like pff, I'm more Could inclined to think do. she does. Yeah, but
1: I, I think it's a, a strong possibility. I'm, I'm not saying it's definitive, or you know, I, I wouldn't put money on it. But I think I yeah. think it's a it's possible.
0: So, yeah. That said, he pushes it a little bit too far. He demands, like, you know, Elliot demands. I want confirmation from her, and he's like, "Hey, that bullet we took out, we can put it back in. Look, you won this. I just gave you the win.
1: Go home, yeah. enjoy the night. <laughs> like we're done. I'd say, guys, yeah, you won. Go home before you end up losing again.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing: as he says, before you end up losing again, he looks over to Darlene, uh, which partly feels like a threat. It's like here's someone you care about here, but yep. also. Here's the thing I really noticed in this scene though is when he says that and he looks over to Darlene and we get a shot of her. She's in this corner that is not lit by nothing but the red light outside. It's very dark and evil looking. It's very red, and it's almost like she is not to be trusted. She's it, yeah. in the red. Is
1: it a threat or is it a warning?
0: Exactly. Uh, but she's like just bathed in red, uh, and I thought that lighting was very, very, you know, specific. It was chosen yeah. for a reason.
1: Yeah, I mean. We talk so often about the direction of the show, and yeah, you know, we, we've like named multiple moments from this episode already. It's just immaculately shot. Oh, I've got more to come. Don't you? Worry. Oh, so, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> I've got more to come. I'm just saying, like, every episode has you know handfuls of these moments.
0: Now, it's, uh, Darlene comes back over at the table, and this is where I. Uh... Like if, you, if you weren't suspicious of her already with the questions... Because most of the ones earlier on, you could have wrote off as... Like, you know, she would actually want to know this stuff. She would, she's mm. genuinely interested. But this is where it felt like proper suspicious. Because she started saying, you know... I normally... Like you think I do, Elliot. I know about Tyrell. Was he involved in this from the start? That question specifically felt like... That's a detail the FBI want. That detail is something they care about. Yeah. And yeah. I felt yeah. super suspicious at this point. And she gets pissed off at him, like Because he... You know, gives her kind of he says no, but then because he's not wanting to open up and because he tries to talk her down, like we both know what happened to you know, Cisco already, uh she gets pissed off and leaves. And that's hmm. kinda you know, the end of the scene. And um this is where we get him walking through the streets and it's more narration and it's do, funny. Do you, know what?
1: you say narration. Some of it's not narration though, some of it he just says
0: Stop jumping ahead. I was just going I was no, literally no.
1: just gonna make that point. Well it starts off in narration. It, it starts does. that way. It right does. It, it jumps back and forth
0: right it starts off that way and uh, what I thought was interesting this is the second time this episode it's played with sound in the way he narrates like the the, the mute button thing and zoning yeah. out society and then here he starts off in narration but it's actually um as he as he gets real is actually what I've written down it's as he starts to admit maybe what's you know what's going on here admitting these faults. Mm-hmm. Is that's when it becomes real dialogue in the scene. He's actually saying it in the scene. Now, no one's reacting as if they're hearing him, so I don't actually think he's literally saying it out loud. No, this
1: this is a, this is just a soliloquy.
0: Yeah, in fact, the whole, the whole thing's in his head actually. Because at the end of the scene, he wakes up in the the restaurant again. He's still he's still he's still there, but yeah, it starts off. Narration is normal and then it switches to him talking in the scene But it does it as he starts to admit things and I think that's a very important thing as I've written down yeah. He's getting real. He's he's kind of getting more
1: uh, honest. About I love what he's saying. this. This whole thing almost becomes a musical number Like you know the, the way the music comes in he, yeah. he speaks it's all in time It's like it was a music other than he's he's speaking and not singing Everything about it plays like a musical Sure I just thought it was really effective. I and hate it was, musicals, it was, so I would never it, notice it, that. It, but, it was yeah. something that was, you know, a, a little bit of a different format thing that we we saw last season. you know, Like we had the sitcom, that was obviously the big example. Ah, yes, yes. But things like that, just playing with these other formats and sneaking them in.
0: Yeah. Um, so he starts. To, he starts talking about you know the way things are. He starts talking about five nine, and he starts to question: Did five nine actually make things better, or did it just make things more unstable? And gave, gave the powerful more power. It made people more vulnerable to be exploited. That's kind of the theme of what this says. And he's like, you know, what, what, what did this do? Like, where could this go? And of course, as soon as he says, you know, what could this reap? Like, where, how far could this go, the darkness that I've started? And that's when it cuts the footage of Trump as
1: president. Yeah, this is what I thought was really interesting. So it takes shots at Trump and May, but I got a little bit confused. Because of the time period? Because obviously this hasn't advanced time-wise from where we were. Oh, no, we're it's picked up like, sh- straight away, yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that, it, that they they made that choice to show, no, this is present day that we're talking about, even though the Elliot isn't.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think... This is not present day for the show at all. This, this is just... Where could this lead? This is what it could yeah. lead to. And because we're in the future, this is what it has led to. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that simple. I don't think it's that he, he doesn't know that Trump's going to be president. It's not that no, hell he no. knows that. It's just cutting to an example of this is where it could lead to. Yeah, I thought it was
1: really interesting. Uh,
0: but other key things here, though, is he talks about how he tried to hide after they did the 9 5 hack. And he talks about accountability. And it kind of gets to the idea that, yeah, I could blame the corporations, I could, I could blame E Corp, I could blame all these things. You know, he brings up the guy who invented Capitalism is like I could blame all these things, but that would kind of be a lie that, that I'm to blame for this. And it's kind of acknowledging that society as a whole is kind of culpable because he says, you know, f society, I did f society, and look where it's got. It didn't actually fix it, it just made us <laughs> yeah. more. It's made us more uh, susceptible
1: to everything. Uh, and he says, f society, f me, like because he, <laughs> yeah. he knows he's done this. The the line that really stuck out to me that I wrote down specifically was it. I didn't start a revolution. I just made us docile enough for our slaughter.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of, I and mean, obviously there's a there's a meta commentary here, there's a political commentary here. It's, it's kind of about accepting that you're part of the the society you're in. You have to work with it to try and improve it, and not just,
1: you know, either annihilate it like he did. Essentially, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's can working outside of the system just make things worse? Yeah, uh, changing
0: the system is really the goal, what you should be doing obliterating it to nothing is kind of, he's realizing his own mistakes and his, his own kind of extreme views and bias of kind of I mean maybe not to the point where he understands what he did completely and you know why everything was wrong but he's he's accepting here that maybe my convictions and what I put in place weren't the the correct path because now yeah. we're just look at, look around as like chaos on the streets blackout, like which may not necessarily entirely be his fault, I, I'm willing to think that maybe this big machine they're building over the power plant may have something to do with it, but, but then, then again even what Rose said, it was what Elliot did with this plan that allowed them to get kick-started again and doing this.
1: Right, so in a way, at least indirectly, this is all his fault.
0: Yeah, so I, I've just, yeah, uh, society let it happen, not just one person or company or one villain. Uh, so it's kind of him, and it ends on a a literal wall of guilt. It's like a wall of missing posters and like deceased posters, and uh, we see characters who have died. We see you know um, Sheila from season one. We see Gideon. We see Cisco all in this wall, and it's like this is blood on his hands. And I kind of like this side because the show has been such a dark and uh, kind of cynical experience up until this point. There is actually kind of a, a brief glimpse of hope here that this is kind of a redemption story for him, and like yeah definitely yeah at least on a personal level like him like i i can honestly see the end of the show being him his death but before he dies he manages to do something that leads things in the right direction that he 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 makes a positive influence on something (laughs)
1: Uh, no i I can see it that would work nicely
0: yeah because you know everything before it was filtered by you know wanting of revenge you know hatred of uh you know because because his dad got killed and everything else and you know, the society around them, like, everything was It's, it's all
1: kind of been from a place of hate, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: of negativity, if not outright hate. Yeah. So, you know...
1: I I, I did love that shot of the, you know, in the wall of all the, the posters, and it cuts back, and you get the, the incredible wide shot, and you just see just how big this wall is, just how many people have died for this.
0: Yeah, we see, we see the theater four that he knows personally, but, like, there's so many more that yeah. this has happened to as a result. So, uh... Really, really good stuff. And then he wakes up still in the uh, the old red wheelbarrow. So, I've got an page done. Fantastic. <laughs> so, that's where, relatively speaking, the boring part of the episode finishes.
1: <laughs> relatively. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. How amazing is it? We, 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 I don't know how long we've gone now, but we, that was the boring part. Yeah, we had some tech issues. We had to stop and start
0: a couple of times. So we have no idea what the runtime is. But. um... First half great. The second half did all the stuff that I'm really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, he goes back to Angela's and he, wanting to, because fi- basically, like we say, this was the start of maybe a path of redemption. He wants to fix what he's done in some way, and he goes back to Angela and he asks her to get him a job at E Corp. You know, they, they must be doing something to build their system back up to, you know, recalibrate, get everything up and running. Like, get me a job. I want to fix what I've done. What that means exactly, I'm not sure. Like, what actually would his plan be? To, what what would he do once he's in there? I expect it's not just to help with what they're doing, but actually do something again, kind of behind the surface. That well, I, I
1: imagine maybe uh, buff up the security a bit, you know, so to make it harder for the Dark Army to try again to get in.
0: Oh yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe actually actively fight the Dark Army. Yeah, but I feel like. Yeah, he's asking for a job, but I don't think he just wants to do that job. I feel like he's still going to be doing sneaky things, it'll just be oh, for another reason. Oh, absolutely. Reason. He, yeah. just,
1: he just wants the access.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, once he wants to fix things. And then we get this really great emotional scene where he steps into Angela and says... Um, and by, by the way, this is really a warmly lit scene. It's all candlelit, because again, the power's still out. It's all candlelit. Candle lit. And I really want to point out here that the other scene before this it was also very heavily candlelit, like this was the first scene with Darlene at his apartment and I thought that was an interesting little connection because in a way if if Darlene, we didn't confirm it in this episode, but it seems like she might be working with the FBI, she's untrustworthy and as we find out in a second with Angela, she also to an extent at least with Elliot's personality is untrustworthy and I think yeah. that's that's an interesting connection that they're both lit in a very similar way.
1: Something I found really interesting here is their costuming elliot's all in black but angela's all in white and usually white represents you know good purity Hmm. but he it's the one uh, elliot's the one that we trust even though we know he's unreliable he's still the uh, our window to this world
0: because he's unreliable but it's not through his own fault whereas if she's unreliable here it's through her own choice
1: yeah i I think it's uh something shows just you know that they're kind of on opposite sides because they're polar opposites here and also the idea that Angela, she's she she believes herself to be honest. I mean, we get a scene a little bit later where she talks about how she can you know lie about all this, and it's like she kind of tricks her her own mind into it.
0: Yeah, so so that's she leans in and says, you know, I need you to keep an eye on me. You know, let me know if I'm ever him, kind of kind of thing. Um, And she asks, why do you think I can tell? And I just noted down next to that because this was on my second review, I said, "He's right; she can tell." <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, and he says, "You're the only person I can trust," which again is a bit of a sting when you know it finds out. That, we find out that she is being kind of dishonest, or she is, you know. Yeah. And we'll get into that in a second. Uh, but uh, I noted down the lighting thing. Uh, so I, also soft music. This was kind of the, the the love theme between them. The soft music that was playing because we've heard it before. Uh, but you know, it, it's a really nice little piece. Uh, her. Yeah, so as a little interesting thing here is that so he, he goes in for a kiss, and we'd seen them kiss before, but you know before she was going to turn herself in, they kissed on the train, and they kissed, and she pulls away, and she sort of says, "Oh, that kiss we had before that was a mistake. We sh- we shouldn't do that," yeah. and she looks away from him, and I thought that was very interesting, especially on a second viewing, because I'm like, to me, that wasn't so much that she doesn't think they should be a couple this was guilt this was yeah I,
1: I i agree yeah uh, at first i was like okay what's the end game here it's one of them's being manipulative
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: i thought well it's not elliot because he tells us that it hurts this 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 denial this rejection it hurts so i've no and we have no reason to doubt him he's always told us the truth
0: yeah and whenever elliot talks about angela it's always his most human it's where you really feel the most sympathy for him because it feels like a genuine kind of love uh, yeah but she looks away from him and she's like, this is a mistake, we can't do this. And I'll, and really, again, on a second view, I'm like, no, this is just pure guilt. She knows what she's doing in this scene and she doesn't want to pollute it with, you know, spoiling an actual romantic moment with having it connected to this memory of doing this, this sort of betrayal or, or this, yeah. you know, manipulation. Uh, manipulation is a word I wrote down a lot, actually, for a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so... But then she then this is so this is where theory starts spiraling out of control because she she starts saying to elliot and again we know she spoke to white rose and we soon find out she is kind of working and we, we should have maybe guessed this because remember we had that scene at the end of the finale where she went to her lawyer and said mm. never t- contact me again kind of thing like she'd obviously changed she, you know i think we called her dark angela because she seemed yeah. so intimidating at that point but she she leans in and says and she says to elliot you know what if we could make it like this never happened? You know, none of this ever happened, and like, what five nines like no, including what happened to her parents. Take it all the way back to the beginning. So you know, we've been talking about time travel. We're like, okay, Angela. Angela's drinking the Kool Aid. She's on our side here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, he's like, it's not possible, and she says, "What if I told you it is?" But then she backs away, and again, I, I wrote down guilt. Like she backs, she, she realizes she's getting close again, and she backs away. Out of, yeah. like, fear.
1: and and we get the little bit from Elliot where she says that she doesn't love the people who love her. She she kind of it's 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 her power saving mode. Mm. You know, to go back to the episode title, it's mm. it's a defence mechanism.
0: Yeah, and I think what was interesting too is, is is when she, the thing that made me write that down is that it looked like she almost wanted to tell him. So she says, "What if I told you it is?" And she almost says something else, and then she backs away and says. You know, and that's when she sort of like stops yeah. it and I was like, this is guilt." she wants to tell him because she feels guilty she wants to give him the same hope that she has the same reason she's working for White Rose she wants to tell him, especially since she has this bond this, this bond that almost no people on earth have both their parents were killed by the same people for the same yeah. bad reason and it's almost like she wants to open up and say, no this is why I'm doing this because I've been promised these things because I've been showing the hope that we can have this and I want to share that with you because we've shared this our entire lives but she can't and she feels guilty about that
1: Right Right, and it's this whole thing where if she can share it and it convinces him, they can work on this together. She doesn't have to be betraying him. She can bring him in and they can be open with each other again. Yes. It's just yeah. It's just fascinating. This, it's this whole relationship—it's funny uh, took a completely different turn, hasn't it?
0: The first like four or five episodes last season with Angela, we weren't really sure what her point of this, her story was. What was the point of her story? And then it got into the stuff with Darlene with the heist. It's, okay, her stuff's really interesting now. But then it got really fascinating at the end, and I feel like it was all building up to like that this and what what happens next. So Angela wakes up. So she she asks Elliot to stay stay over because it will make her feel safe, which is a, a really sweet moment. But B, we know it's kind of also about manipulation. She wants him to be there for a specific reason. Um, but at least in the moment itself, it did feel really sweet. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he lies down. She wakes up, and I th- and obviously because the candles aren't there when she wakes up, it goes from the really warm light into the candlelight to this cold moonlight when she wakes up. It's like, oh, things have changed. And she walks up into the other room, and this and keep in mind, we have not seen Mister Robot all episode up until this point, and it's just this gorgeous silhouette against the moonlight of him standing. And you can tell it's him. You don't you, see you, him.
1: We know. Yeah. You just go. That's him
0: yeah it's him that's this is the were saving for this and i never was expecting this scene to go where it did and it was utterly fascinating and i am so excited by
1: the the potential of this new dynamic so i love just the, the way he you know the, the introduction because she walks out she's like elliot and and he just says it's me yeah and, and, and it's like we know that's walk,
0: it walk forward he walks forward she's holding one candle we've got one candle in this scene along with the moonlight and he steps forward and uh, into the light and I'm like, she knows, yeah. she knows it's him, she can t- I actually wrote down, she can tell, can and all caps with an underline, she can tell. Yeah, that- <laughs> yeah, mine just says, she knows. She knows, and she's working with him, because they start, they really go, okay, I'll get dressed and then we can go. They've made plans, like, they are working together, she is working with just him and not Elliot, which, you know, that previous scene, all of that manipulation suddenly makes sense, it suddenly comes to light, like, and she feels guilty about lying to Elliot, but she's working with Mr. Robot. She believes in what he's doing. She's working with him, which is also what White Rose is, you know, wanting to do.
1: Yeah, um, and I think it's such a an amazing flip from the first season, where she was on Elliot's side, but had no idea about Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. And Darlene was on Mr. Robot's side, because, but had no idea. You know, she didn't, really, yeah. didn't realise, but she wasn't and- uh, on with... Elliot.
0: And the funny thing is, is, so much of what Darlene was saying in the restaurant was basically, you know, we have to worry about us getting out safe and, you know, being okay. You know, Darlene is now on Elliot's side and doesn't want to keep doing more hack stuff. She doesn't want to do, yeah. go down that path.
1: The, the roles have completely reversed to the point where, you know, Mr. Robot says, should we should we go and bring Darlene into this? I think we could use her.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously
1: she's like, yeah, maybe not.
0: No, we can't trust her. And we've seen that maybe they can't trust her. and uh she, he's pissed about you know that the back door being shut and i but it makes it like from a motivation point of view it makes she, she has all the same motivations that elliot does she yeah. has the exact same motivation so it, it actually makes a lot of sense that she would be on
1: board with of this course. ultimate yeah.
0: path
1: and uh, w- one of the the lines that got me here is uh, uh mr Robot says as long as he exists he will stop us yeah. and again to go back into the, yeah, you know, the, the alternate, you know, actual alternate personalities, it, this mm. is this is a fight for, not not just a, a fight for, for dominance in the mental space, this is a physical fight as well.
0: Yeah, and the fact is, is it still works if you want to just believe it is just in his head, like these two people, oh, of course. you know, think they're distinct people, and he's talking about him, even though it's technically still him, but, like, uh, one, one thing in the music I really loved is uh, when she first walks up with a candle and he steps in, it's when she first, like, says something that Clearly implies that they're working together. There's this little synthish thing, it's like it's this little mysterious thing that lets you know things are weird, that things are going on. I, I love that little bit. How of music. good is
1: the music in this show? Oh,
0: music's so good. I, I love oh, that. Is, is, is that a sting? Because it, typically, when I think of a sting, I think of a horror movie sting. Is that still
1: classed as a sting? No, I, I, I'd still call it as a sting because it kind of yeah. comes in, does its point, and then goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it comes up. It comes in a couple of times, but every time it did, it was like, oh I was, you know, I was shivering with the possibilities, like because this is where I think up until now it was like, okay, we're dealing with where we ended last season. We've introduced Irvin, sure, and some ideas, but this is where no, this is what this season is. This is what the main focus of this season is going to be. This new dynamic, and it's it's utterly fascinating. Oh, uh, I, I, was love so every,
1: I love every part of this new dynamic. I, I did it's just um, so interesting because I I don't think this is where I thought it was going to go. At yeah.
0: all. and then when they're talking, it becomes very clear this is not the first time they have spoke to each other. This is not the first time she spoke to Mister Robot because mm-hmm. it's like oh, we had these plans. We need to go. We're behind schedule. Blah 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 blah. Uh, all all these things, all these little things that make it clear. You never see what's in the small case, but it's it's pretty obvious that it's probably a sedative because she says it's in case Elliot comes back. She's yeah. got you know she's got a little case, so he presumes there's maybe a you know a syringe with something to knock him out or mm. that kind of thing in there. Um, but then he like he aliens in and he says. So just before the end of the scene, how do you know it's me? How do you know you're not talking to him right now? And obviously this is a neat little thing because in the previous scene, Elliot was like you're the only person who will know. He he trusted that she would and she does, which is the amazing thing which it validates the fact that they do have this connection, but it also hurts a little bit more because she's betraying <laughs> him like it just has yeah. that, that that there's a neat, you know, two things playing at the same time, there's layers to it, which is great. But she says Oh, your eyes never look at anything else. You never wander away. Whereas he, whereas Elliot always tries to look off into... That's know, it. Yeah, she says, you
1: know, she can tell by the eyes because you never try to look away. And it's this idea that Mr. Robot's it's very confident. He He's very assured in his plan. And Elliot, he, he believes in what he's doing, but he's never been confident. Again, like even down to the, the hoodie, he tries to hide at every opportunity.
0: Yeah. And for him to... It's, it's kind okay, of, We talked about that scene where... He was hiding from society and all this bad stuff happened. He, you know, and that's kind of like a meta, you know, political commentary on if you just sit back and watch all the bad stuff happen, it'll just get worse. You have to actually step up and and do something.
1: and this here, to, disregard any of the actual sci-fi stuff, this is the idea that he's hiding from himself and this is, you know, if you you don't accept who you are, it can kind of run away and things can get self-destructive.
0: Yeah, it's almost an internal thing. Because he's hiding from himself, the rest of himself is just going to get worse and cause more havoc. He has yeah. to take control. Uh, so yeah, it works on multiple levels in that sense. But just to going back to the idea is that one day he'll take the hoodie down and choose to like be in the opening fight. It just goes back into again. He will take control from Mister yeah. Robot and and so on. So they go to a, a secret location. Uh, so open a door. Irvin's there, uh, and you know they they have this conversation. And I pointed out the framing of this shot. Mister Robot's in the middle between them in the back of this sort of like
1: yeah. Just very casual, kind of leaning against the wall.
0: Yeah, and they two are having this debate. He's like, you know, earlier on when we spoke, he didn't seem to know who I was. So that that tells us, okay, Irvin isn't familiar with this condition.
1: Right, and he's but he's noticing things aren't right. He's he's yeah. a smart man.
0: Yeah, and you know, he's like, oh, we're behind schedule, and we know, and this is how you know it, beyond the shadow of a doubt it's White Rose, because he says, mm-hmm. and we know how she is with time. <laughs> he yeah. says that, so we know for shadow of a doubt it's White Rose. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know. Uh, Angela mentions that she's there to manage him. That's what she's essentially yeah. been hired to do. Which,
0: to me, is what implies White Rose does know about his condition. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I think, you know, that's why, Because she's the only one on Earth who can actually take care of him in this way.
1: Right. What, right I don't know if White Rose knew before that conversation with Angela, hmm. but I think she does know now.
0: Yeah, I wonder though, like if like Mister Robot's goals are actually the same as what White Rose wants to end oh, up. Oh, I, I don't
1: think they are at all.
0: Yeah, you no, know, but like, I wonder if like do they contradict, or is it a case of with whatever they achieve that will allow White Rose to do what she wants to do? But like, mm. but or does it does do we get to that point where she thinks she's almost going to have what she wants, but then Mister Robot's going to go say, no, this is what the plan is. I anyway. think that's
1: actually one of the most fascinating things about Mister Robot as a character is. I don't know what his motivations are, I, I don't think they're whatever White Rose has, I don't think they line mm. up with that at all, but I don't know what they are.
0: So many possibilities behind a door.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: To go back to that metaphor actually, he said to Angela like, and you didn't look just because there's a lock? How lazy? The idea is that this machine he's building is the lock, He's, he's the key more specifically, yeah. it's the key to unlock the, the possibilities. Uh, Whether that is alternate realities or time travel. Although alternate realities seems to make a bit more sense. I want to talk more about that at the end though, just to bring everything back in together. But let's get back to uh, this scene specifically. So Tyrell's there. We open the door, Tyrell's there. And I actually laughed out loud because I went because because obviously we see him back at the opening scene or opening scenes when he was there, you know, dealing with. And, it, and, like, and did you
1: think they were going to hide him away again? Yeah,
0: for like all season, they're like, "Oh god, are we going to go all season again with that?" But sure enough, he's here. We see he's been living here as a bed. This has been his location, and it's it's almost retroactively making me accept why they had him last season because it's like his plot was too tied into stuff they weren't ready to reveal and talk about.
1: Yeah, it was frustrating at the time. But it's one of those things that, in the overall narrative, I think will work.
0: Yes, because it seems like whatever he was doing here, it ties into more of what we're going to be talking about in Season 3. And to have him around for Season 2 would maybe have been forcing him unnaturally, where he shouldn't have been. Yeah, so they made the
1: call just to go, no, we're going to keep it away.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's the thing where, you know, when you binge-watch Season 2 or you rewatch it, it won't be as big of a deal. But in the first viewing week to week, it was kind of weird. Like, are we getting Tyrell next week?
1: Yeah, but it's part of those. It's just expectations, isn't it? Once we go through a rewatch this, knowing we're not getting him, we probably won't have that problem.
0: I am the Tyrell. I was just I was comparing to Twin Peaks in my head. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, Elliot could have that moment though. Like, what about Mister Robot? I am <laughs> Mister Robot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did, did you notice they were doing some really interesting things with the uh, the framing here uh, with the height? Of, of Mr. Robot.
0: Well, we've, often, he, we've often talked, of course, about the headroom that they
1: always yeah, have. Yeah, but he, his height was literally changing. At points, he was shorter than Tyrell, but at others, he was the same height mm, or taller. Interesting. Uh,
0: yeah, because basically, he, he feels bad about shooting him, and Mr. Robot messaged with him a little bit, but ultimately, it's like, no, I asked you to do that. I told you to do that. Yeah, so. you
1: did the right thing. You stopped Elliot.
0: Exactly. Uh, the whole idea of Mr. Robot and Elliot being adversaries, trying to work against each other, is kind of fascinating. It's, it's been building it to is, that over, over the whole time, but it's now that we're actually at this point where he's got people in place that are allies. Yeah, is, is really, Especially since back in season one, it was like no one else knew he existed but Elliot. No one else seen him. Whereas now it's like, they don't see Christian Slater, obviously, they see Elliot, but... Like the idea, yeah, the idea that they know about him and they, they they work with him instead of Elliot is really fascinating. So Mister Robot sits down and he looks up Ty, uh, Tyrell a Tyrell building, gets an IP address and stuff. We don't really quite see exactly what he's doing. I assume it's maybe this power plant with the location of the device. You mm, jump to bit. that because it yeah. also says it's in New York's the New York area, so it, may, it makes some sense. Uh, what his plan is, who can say? But uh,
1: yeah, I I really don't know yet.
0: At least up till this point, though, it seems like it's going along with what White Rose wants, though. Because Irving's standing there, he's working for White Rose.
1: At least for this this stage, I think, I think the goals are aligned in getting this machine or you know whatever this is, getting that running. It's mm. what they choose to do with it that I, I, I expect them to differ. That's where he'll break away and and want to do his own thing. Yeah, I think Mister Robot wants to hack the planet. I, I think it's uh, it's very similar to how you know, we 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 mentioned how. Mr. Oat was kind of a a friend to Elliot in the first season. He was, you know, he he was like helping him, going along with these things. It was, it was, it was tough, but he was kind of teaching him. And now they're rivals. And you know, he was friendly while it was to his benefit. And I feel like the same is going to happen with White Rose Uh, until their goal that he wants is met. Until uh, a certain point in time, he'll go along with it. They'll be, they'll be friends, but then they're going to turn.
0: I think there's a bit of a difference, though. I think with Elliot, it's more that eventually Elliot started to change and wanted to like, not do things. Whereas I feel like if Mr. Robot had his way, Elliot would have just been you know going along with it the whole time. But yeah. I think eventually Elliot had his breakdown, he started to revert and started to fight back, and that's why it's now a problem. Whereas I think Mr. Robot would have wanted him to just go along. It would have been easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, um, so we cut to a, a train. We, we got a Daft Punk song playing uh, for the next chunk of this. Uh, I really like
1: Daft Punk, so I was okay with this.
0: I like the odd song. Uh, I think this song did fit quite well, though, especially later on when she's explaining her reasons for something, uh, and the song's just going, "Love is the reason. Love is the reason." That, the song was just yeah, screaming I think that in the background. there was
1: somewhere in this, I, I don't know whereabouts it is, without scanning but I did write down some lyrics.
0: Yeah, um, so I'll trade it, It's, it's Mister Robot next to next to uh, Angela as they're as they're travelling back, and uh, there's a great moment here where he again he's he's questioning like her motivations, like he doesn't trust her necessarily. Um, and she brings up she's not comfortable with him. She says, I'm not going to talk to you like I do Elliot. I don't like you. We're not friends. Yeah. Uh, which again, it ties into the idea that she still feels. this is again her guilt. She she cares about Elliot. She doesn't care about Mr. Robot. She's,
1: she's keeping Mr. Robot at a distance intentionally. Yeah. She's doing this because she has to and because she thinks it's the right thing to do for whatever is going on with Bright Rose. But she doesn't want to betray Elliot any more than she has to.
0: Exactly. And she tries to, she says, it's you know it's not technically lying. You're you're sitting right there, and this is the only time in this scene it cuts to this wider shot, and you see Elliot sitting there instead of instead of Mister Robot.
1: Such a great shot, isn't it?
0: It's a great. It's just a quiet little moment, then it cuts back in, and it's back to him, and that's yeah. all it is. But it's it's a great, it's a great little touch. Um, but yes, yeah, so again, uh, we, we get some interesting dialogue here. Um, she says, I'm helping him finish it, because she, she talks about this was Elliot's plan to begin with, I'm helping him finish it, she thinks she's actually helping with his original intentions. Um, And she says, I'm just pushing him along to make sure he achieves it. Isn't that what you do? Saying that to Mr. Robot. And then he kind of chuckles and says, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. And it almost makes me think, is it? Or is it your own in- your own goals and intentions? Are you that's manipulating it, it? him? Yeah,
1: that, that, that's what I think. I think he's just going. Yeah, you think but, you've got me figured out. But
0: that's the thing. That's if it's a separate entity. If, if it is just a mental problem and it is secretly just him as well. If this is all just Elliot, this is another facet of Elliot's brain. Then arguably it is just him, kind of forcing himself to do what he wants yeah. to do deep down.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those that uh, both interpretations are actually like they're completely different, but both of them are just as valid at this point.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating to me because it makes me wonder because we theorised last season about. Uh, you know, we, we heard about how when he was younger, he had a similar breakdown where they went and found him in that same sort of museum or whatever it was. Yeah. And we speculated that there was another personality. There was someone other than Mr. Robot back when he was younger.
1: Yeah. Was this uh, this Mr. Robot entity from an alternate reality? Did he try and, and merge, but he, he he hit the wrong point in the timeline? He came too early? Well, yeah, because we,
0: I think we were theorizing that it was someone else, though, it wasn't the same character
1: yeah yeah no that was that was something we we're thinking but now yeah. i'm wondering even if it was was it just kind of came too early
0: yeah but that'd be the same person though
1: yeah yeah but as i'm saying it could be the same as Oh, well. no,
0: it could be Yeah, it could because it, it seems like he doesn't remember this so it could be the same person who's tried twice uh but like or was it a different person though because there was hints i can't remember what they were but i remember yeah I, I remember
1: speculating that as well but again is this just another alternate timeline is this another one trying something
0: Oh yeah, uh, but if, we're, if we're going down that deep end, yes, then sure. Yeah, but.
1: yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, but they keep telling us, you know, behind these doors are infinite possibilities, but we're pigeonholed into just one here with Mister Robot. So why why couldn't there be others?
0: Well, sure, but that, that that that's assuming you're relating those two things together. I, I think that's not necessarily a, a fair equivalency. That the, the you know the possibilities aren't necessarily related to Mister Robot and the idea of like who could be contacting Elliot. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's i think that's reaching for something that's not there
1: okay that's fair
0: um but yes because I, I think the idea that there was one before when he was younger is a very interesting idea was it the same mr robot and he's forgotten about him was it someone completely different uh, that meant something to him who knows but I'm, I'm sure we're going to get more of that teased at some point or explored yeah. uh the idea that this happened before um but yeah uh, but he's still like, like I still don't get it. Why are you doing this? Why why I don't trust you? And she says uh, she basically talks about getting justice. You know, E.
1: Yeah, she gives a hell of a monologue.
0: Yeah, it's basically you know she she sort, of, sort of vacant. She's staring at the she's almost Elliot esque. She's staring at the window. She's saying all this stuff, but she talks about how justice felt impossible. Um, e- e- even like even with Elliot's plan or Mister Robot's plan, you know, whoever one it was, when she first encountered yeah. this, she didn't think it was possible. And it wasn't until White Rose. Uh, made it seem possible. She opened her eyes, uh, as the quote. And the, the 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 one line that I think is the most important here, that I think is essential. Uh, again, to go all with all these crazy theories, all of the damage they have caused can be. And this is the word, undone.
1: Yeah, and to follow up with that, the next line is, when we succeed, a whole new world will be born. Which is, you know, like yeah. oh, a whole new timeline.
0: Yeah, undone. That that is the word there that really because if you're going with the time travel ideas, uh, I I think that's you know a very key word. However, I don't know if Angela necessarily has the truth of what White Rose is actually planning. And I think
1: I think, agree. I think uh, you know to go back to earlier when I said Susan White. I think she has the truth to herself what she says she believes, but I don't think it's necessarily right.
0: I think I think Angela might be thinking time travel in a weird way. Uh, or, if not time travel, then somehow altering it. Like, you know, if, if this machine can, like, I don't know, just so, do something as simple as send a bit of data back to, like, change yeah. things or whatever, right? I, I think Angela is thinking that, whereas let's say it's actually alternate timelines, and because this is the thing, like, time travel ideas in this show have came more from the Elliot side, whereas. White Rose's side has been more about alternate timelines, alternate universes. Yeah,
1: I, I think it's, you know, White Rose kept mentioning, you know, a place where nine five never happened, a world where that didn't happen. Yeah. I think she just wants to be able to access that world and live in that world instead. So it's not really undone, it just doesn't matter to her anymore.
0: Yeah, but I don't think she... Know- I don't know if she knows that, though. I, I don't know if she understands that she's just, you know, if all goes to plan, if this is what she believes is going to happen, like, does she just think she's going to be carted off to another alternate universe, or does she think our world will be changed? Like, I think she thinks our world will be changed,
1: yeah. but I think White Rose is more likely to just go. No, we're off to this one. This is our home now.
0: But again, or at least even, even saying me. that sentence though, that implies that this is literal and that they're actually going to send people to an alternate. No, it does. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's necessarily true. It's not
1: necessarily true. I d- it, which is why I think that.
0: I, which is why I think Angela has been sold a
1: line i don't know if she's been sold the exact truth and that's it are we being sold a line are we getting you know we're hearing all this time travel and alternate reality stuff are we being sold that line but that's not the truth at all possibly i, just don't, know. I, I, I don't trust anything in this show I, 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 <laughs> you know the more i watch it the more i remember not to trust things
0: yeah, don't, don't don't trust what they say outright. But the, the fact is, though, is what works about the scene, though, is a, a the acting, of course, and the, but the, the the personal motivations are that it, the what they're actually saying to each other, her motivations about believing that she can finally actually achieve some kind of justice, whether that's you know, un, you know undoing things, you know, what she said to Elliot about you know going back to the beginning and changing everything. It's definitely hinting at some sort of time travel or timeline thing, but yes. like you know does she believe that literally or or does Angela just know more than we do and what she's saying makes sense to her
1: yeah and this is the thing we we can't know for sure yet we have no way of knowing what she knows because they were very very cagey with what they showed us in that conversation last season
0: can I can I just say no, but it ends with the power coming back on. Uh, almost like the city itself is coming out of power save oh, mode.
1: That's what that note says. I was staring at it, going, "What does that say?" <laughs> the power. It, comes it, back It on. just says power back, and but it doesn't. My, my writing took a hit on on that. Yeah, and I, I kind
0: of like the idea that the power comes back on, and she makes this. This, this sort of like statement that they can maybe do something. It's almost like okay, things were screwed, but power's been reset. There's hope that we can fix this. You know, it's turning a computer back off and on again. Yeah. Okay, right. there's,
1: there's literally light in the world again.
0: Yeah, we we have a chance. So I am fascinated. I just I want to say right, we, we had Twin Peaks this year, and honestly, like I think picking the best show of the year when we get a top ten at the end of the year is going to be mighty difficult. Uh, that's a that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, and I, obviously don't, we, I
1: don't want to think about that right now. I mean,
0: we can't even have this conversation. We only had one episode of this. But I did want to say that I felt a gaping hole in my heart when Twin Peaks finished, and for it's about a month a or so, I had nothing like that. And Mister Robot has came along and said, "Don't worry, we've got you." Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and I, you know. I'm thinking, you know, Mr. Robot, is a tulpa. That's what he is. But I, I do think it's interesting, though, just just to make a bit of actual comparison between the shows, that the idea of, like, doppelgeiers and dual identities and, you know, co-joining of two versions of the same person, very thematic in both. Even if-
1: it's, it's uh, you know, I, I mentioned how early on I, I decided I want to I take notes for this, and I, I, I watched this first, weirdly, for once. Usually Peter gets to it before me. And uh, I was like, yeah, you're going to want to take notes for this one. And I was thinking, you know, Twin Peaks is the only show we've really taken notes on. And I was going, yeah, I think thematically this is the one that we should be doing it with as well.
0: It makes sense. Maybe Westworld as well when that comes back. Seems yeah, like a yeah candidate.
1: I'm thinking that.
0: But, like, th- this... It's just, I think it's funny how... Obviously they're different in a lot of other ways. I think Twin Peaks ultimately was about, you know, good versus evil. and Arguably this is also about good versus evil, but in a in a much more sort of... Modern present day grounded way where it's about you know society itself, yeah. Um, you know, and, and even like one of, the, one of the things in that montage of him walking through the street giving his monologue is he, not, he noticed that oh, now they're selling F Society masks, so they've actually taken it and bastardized it and turned it into a product, yeah. Uh, which you know, I thought was an interesting little point. And there's like a, a documentary series coming on about F Society coming to NBC this fall, like you've seen that in the TV. Mm-hmm. It was just this, this, this sort of cynical twist to it that he tried to do something and it get taken by the Bonzo who are powerful and twisted into something that just helps them. Yeah, uh, because that's what's ha- that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, so
1: it's great. Uh, oh, I, I just found those. I did mention that I wrote down one line of lyrics. Uh, the line I wrote ooh. down is it says, uh, "Almost convince me I'm real. I need something more."
0: Interesting. Okay. No. Good. Good.
1: Yeah, I thought that was, I was like, hmm, I, I want that one.
0: I'm, I'm okay with that, that, that line of thought. Um, but no, I am fascinated uh, by the the, the new the, the new status quo that this episode has set up and this, this new dynamic with Angela, who, is, who has suddenly become one of the most fascinating characters in the
1: whole show. Yeah, and I have to say, I think this was the strongest start of season two. Because season two, is, it opened with the double, and we're like, okay, this was really interesting, but I didn't really know where it was going to go, really, with the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, season two took a, took maybe a little time to get to the big moments like this, where I was Whereas, really excited. And
1: and this has gone, no, this is where we are now, this is where we're starting, and I feel like I have a grasp of what the purpose of this season is already. Like, I get where it's going so, with honestly, ideas.
0: Two two explanations for this in terms of just starting that 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 bit tighter a bit more focused. You know there was characters in this we didn't even see. We didn't see Dom. We didn't see Joanna. We didn't see um, you know Philip or anything like that. And that's okay. It's you know it's focused. I it had a thing it wanted to do. It was mostly around Elliot and car- characters who related to him. But I I think the two explanations for this and possibly you know a little column A, little column B is one is season three. Sam Esmail gotten more experienced. He, you know he's, mm-hmm. he's looked at season two. which was, was a great season of TV. We give it best of the year. But still. You know, some things that could be improved. And he's looked at that and said, Okay, here's how I improve. And then the other thing that may be responsible for it is that this took a bit more time. This is that's got an extra two or three months to uh to make the season.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the third explanation potentially is just we're at that point in the plot where he's not having to dance around things, we're not having to wait. We're already there, so we can just hit the ground running.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, in the overall plot, however many seasons he's got planned, you know, does he have a five season plan? You know what? Yeah, is it yeah. four? I, I, is it I six? don't know.
1: He's he's definitely got a plan though.
0: Yeah, like, but where are we in that timeline? Uh,
1: maybe you know, maybe as the middle.
0: It feels like maybe we are. It at feels that point. like it, it,
1: It's either the middle or, like, this is the beginning of Act Two. That's that's the only way I can really think of it.
0: Hmm. Um. By the way, I'm excited. So. Mr. Robot's back. (laughs) Oh, is it back, baby? Um, And I now have something to really have a highlight in the the middle of the week. So that's nice. That's
1: great. It really is.
0: That's that's, that's fantastic news. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this. Um, If you were with us for season two and you've not seen anything we've done since then (laughs) and you've came back, hopefully the slightly more detailed uh, scene by scene. Uh, Note taking for this one is to your liking. Uh, we did that for Twin Peaks, as I said, and that seemed to go down quite well. Um, but yeah, so we're back with Elliot and the world of Mr. Robot. So let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Thoughts and theories, all that kind of thing. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter and mail underscore Fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel and everything we do here, go over to patreon.com slash TV and you can support us that way. Obviously, that helps out a lot. But either way, guys, thank you very much for watching. It helps us out a lot. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again. Keep watching TV. We'll see you next time. Have you got any vanilla?